Addressing the County Conversations, a podcast brought to you by the New York State Association of Counties. For our first episode of the new year, we're joined by NYSAC's Executive Director, Stephen Aquario, and Joseph Rulson, CEO and co-founder of 3plus1, to give a financial outlook and predictions for county leaders as we head into 2022. Joe, thanks for, for joining us again. Thanks so much, Dave. Joe, uh, lots of going on in uh, the economy right now. Globally, lots going on. Uh, within the United States, all eyes are on the economy. High inflation right now. Gas prices might approach $4 a gallon in the summer of 22. Let's hope they don't. Watching employment trends, unemployment trends, the great resignation, looking at the federal government and how they're making more and more investments in infrastructure and in our highways and our airports, ports, supply chain issues, dealing with supply chain issues, keeping an eye on commercial real estate. And then, of course, all efforts right now by the United States government, by the state of New York government, by local governments is on COVID and addressing the needs of our community, trying to keep our economy alive right now. We're in a fragile state coming out of 2021, heading into 2022. You've been sharing your outlook, your financial outlook now for years with all the uncertainty that I just talked about, supply chain issues, climate change issues, federal government actions. Uh, how, how accurate have you been and are, are are you confident in your predictions as we're going to discuss in a few minutes? How accurate have you been in the past? Steve, I have to tell you that 2021 was definitely a very interesting year with its uh, challenges, but also with its successes. I'm thrilled that when I look back over 2021, when we had this conversation back last January, that uh, the overview I gave, I basically had a score of 80% uh, correctness. And I was really pleased with that. And I, I think it was mainly due to the fact that um, I had suggested that rates would remain low, felt that with the new president and uh, new Congress, you would see uh, not a lot of legislation. If you did, it was going to be on infrastructure um, and that a lot would come out with executive orders uh, to bypass the legislative process, which that has been the case. And at the same point, I think where I might have been a little wrong was I was very surprised that I thought sales tax would come in a little bit soft, not really a big correction, but a little bit soft. And who would have guessed the sales tax uh, would have gone through the roof and uh, the level of purchasing power by uh, the public with such a high demand coming out of COVID was not surprised that COVID was still uh, lingering throughout 21. I think it'll still go back into 22. But it, it's one that, um, you know, it, it was one where I think just everybody felt that, thank goodness we're coming out of 20. 21, there was a relief. Let's, you know, breathe a little bit. Still, however, have this COVID that's overhanging. So that's been a little bit of a challenge for everybody. The The biggest part is, 2021 can be year known as the year of cash. So much money that came into the market that came from federal governments to public entities. And that in itself, um, outside of the great resignation, I would say it's the year of cash that uh, public entities were able to see. 
Joe, um, first of all, congratulations on the accuracy of your assessment uh, in 2021. We're very anxious to hear your, uh, your, your crystal ball or how you see things heading into 22. Um, I've spoken to you in the past and you've talked about um, the rates. Uh, you're predicting rates will increase in 2022. How confident are you? What do you see happening with the rates in 2022? Steve, I do see higher interest rates. Um, I have been uh, expecting that by the end of uh, 2022, by this time next year, I think you'll see short-term rates at least at 1% or maybe higher. The Federal Reserve has got to um, handle and bring rates up to a normal level. They brought them down during 2020 because of COVID, and they were very uh, dovish during 21, not knowing how the economic rebound would take place. That's come back stronger than uh, one would thought. And uh, we're now, given where rate of rate of inflation is going, I think the rate of inflation is going to continue. And I have predicted that I think inflation will stay at about a 5% annual rate into 2022. That's going to force the Fed to bring the rates up. I think it's going to be sooner. I was saying that I believe it's going to happen the first quarter. Most were saying it's going to happen at the end of 22. And now the Fed's been pushing. It's closer and closer towards third quarter than second quarter. I think they're going to be forced into by the March timeframe to start moving up rates. And the first rate will bring it to the upper range that they've had all along, which won't rattle the markets. And they've had a target of zero to 25 basis points. I think they'll come in at 25 basis points and then take steps. But inflation does not ease and they don't see some kind of um, uh, some kind of reaction as to higher rates. And you're going to see rates go up even even higher. What does that mean? That means that there's an opportunity that was basically dormant for dollars that were cash. Now you can be able to go into the market and be able to earn something on cash. And we're already seeing that. We're already seeing where banks are responding and the treasury market is responding to where one can go in and uh, anywhere from, I think on CDs, you can see 25 to 50 basis points. On treasuries, you can see 25 to 30 basis points. So you're starting to see movement already ahead of these expectation with higher rates. Why should local government officials care about interest rates? Well, one, um, because the amount of cash they have because of uh, 2021 being the year of cash, Entities are sitting on a ton of cash, and that cash is an asset. It's not there to be left dormant. It's there to be actively, proactively managed with their banks and their financial institutions. Every dime they make goes right back into their budget that can fill a budget gap, that can pay for things that otherwise would go unpaid for. But the other part too, Steve, is every entity has had a benefit. Every county has had a benefit of money from uh, the American Recovery uh, program. And with ARPA, that money, anything they earn on those dollars automatically can go back for any use outside of, uh, you can't use it for pension payments or to reduce taxes, but you can use it for other items that are not necessarily COVID related. That's a huge opportunity. So we have a once in a lifetime event that occurs. Use that opportunity and really make the most of it. While at the same point, what cash may have that's still sitting should be actively managed and taken advantage of as rates move up. They can start seeing that come back down on the on the budget line. That item for interest income is going to start going up and it's going to have a great impact going forward. 
Yeah, the uh, one-time investment, uh, I appreciate uh, that answer of the federal funding. And I want to talk about that in a minute, about uh, federal funding. But with the counties and the local governments uh, across the United States, certainly in the state of New York, have a lot of cash right now in their accounts because of these, this federal uh, this federal uh, investment uh, into the local governments and in state governments, very important. Uh, the activities of the Federal Reserve uh, seem to be very important to local governments, as you just explained, and their taxpayers. I got a bunch of questions here I want to ask you, but really the most important question I think uh, could come about from our discussion today, really, when you boil it all down, how do local governments best prepare for higher interest rates? You've mentioned a latter approach which might happen in 2022. The Federal Reserve may make uh, an adjustment in the spring, summer, and fall. It may make a series of adjustments here. Uh, so this gives a little bit of a launching pad here for local government finance officials, our treasurers and budget officials, to take some important steps. What is the? How can these local governments best prepare for higher interest rates? It's having the confidence in the dollars that you have that you're able to put to work and take advantage of interest rates. It comes down to the very fact that the data. What data do you have? Have you prepared? Do you know your liquidity data? of the dollars that you actually can put to work. Not what you think you need to spend, but what you can put to work until it has to be spent. That is an asset and you, you cannot have the confidence unless you've done the analysis to compile the data to then have the confidence of that money can be put to work. And once you have those, those trends are an amazing framework of being able to take advantage of higher rates. And what's nice with it, Steve, those clients that we had prior to 2020, where rates were at 2.5%, they were able to withstand all of that uh, decrease in rates during 2020 and 2021 because they had locked in their money longer term. And they were still, number of them are still way above the benchmark, earning 1.5%, 2%, because they had the confidence in the data and put that money to work longer term. And the data justified what they had the ability to do. That's what you have to do at the same point going forward. Now that you've gone through the, the very depths of the going down to zero with rates and now starting to come back up, take advantage of it and to know that you can be able to, to uh, see the patterns, be able to know you can put the patterns to work and then be able to continue to verify so you have the confidence to make those decisions. But you cannot make decisions unless you have the data. And that is, you've got a time frame between now and March, now and April, to be able to get that work done so that you have the confidence so when rates start to move, which we're already starting to see, you can put that to work and guess what? You're automatically gonna see something in the budget that you had not anticipated that's gonna have a very positive implication um, for uh, the public entities. So for the uh, entities that 3 plus 1 is working with right now across the United States, but here we're talking about in the state of New York, you're working with many New York counties. These counties seem to be in a really good position right now on preparing for these interest rate adjustments because they are clients of 3 plus 1. They have the benefit of this liquidity analysis. That seems to be a pretty important word, liquidity. Uh, 
so these entities seem like they're in a very strong position to take advantage of this. And those that are not working with three plus one, those that are not in this position of having this liquidity analysis really should take a look at that uh, and, and understand how that best positions them to capture these interest rates by knowing their patterns of spending, by understanding their cash flow, uh, they can best prepare. Uh, that's, that's really important, Joe. And I'm, I'm glad that you, I'm glad that I asked you that question about how can local governments best prepare. It is through liquidity analysis. And I'm glad and pleased that you're working so hard with so many of our counties uh, in this regard. Anything else you want to talk about? Regarding, liquid, I, I would, regarding liquidity itself. I would say, Steve, there's a big difference between cash flow and liquidity. Cash flow is the ebbs and flows of dollars coming in and out. Um, liquidity is each transaction of knowing what do I actually need to make payroll or to pay vendors or what is it that I'm going to need on what date. When I don't think I need it and it's there, it's there. But if I don't need it, then you can put it to work. That is a thriving asset that cannot be... Uh, discounted. And the other part is there's liquidity analysis, new modeling, technology that's never been applied before until we brought it along that allows you to look in the future. So not only are you able to look in the rears, but during all of COVID, we were able to show public entities, where are you going to, how are you going to work through this? Where are you going to end up at the end of 2020? Where are you going to end up at 2021? And the accuracy of that data can, is, is amazing. We're within one to 5% of what our expectations were and what our forecasting was. When you have that confidence, that gives you the confidence to make decisions to then put the money to work and say, you know what, I'm not going to, I got peace of mind of knowing I can spend my time working with the other county officials for what we have to do with COVID, what we have to do with debt financing, what we have to do with audit, what we have to do with budget. All I know is I don't have to worry if we're going to have money or not because I can see that on a regular basis. And we're rolling out a new portal, Steve, in January that is going to be cutting edge and mind blowing. And it's going to be at everybody's fingertips to see everything on one screen from all uh, financial institutions. And that is exciting. So 2022, and that's one of my other predictions is because of COVID and the continuation of COVID, technology is continuing to thrive. Banking is continuing to thrive through the use of uh, technology, on online banking and what have you. I have to tell you, technology is going to be one of the biggest drivers going into 2022. And we're going to be one of those catalysts for it, given what we're going to be uncovering uh, coming up shortly. I'm glad that you made that distinction between liquidity and cash flow because county officials, county treasurers are excellent in cash flow analysis. They do a beautiful job on behalf of their taxpayers on a cash flow analysis, but so few are able or in a position to use this banking, proprietary banking technology for liquidity. So it is a new concept in public finance, and congratulations to you for incorporating that into your work with local government. Joe, in the few minutes that we have remaining, let's talk about a couple of uh, predictions that you might have, your top three predictions for 2022 that'll be pertinent to those that are listening to this podcast. 
Well, I think, Steve, you're going to see because of um, the infrastructure bill, you're going to see massive spending come in and massive projects for public entities and for public projects. So there's going to be a tremendous amount of construction that's going to occur and it will be probably in the middle of 2022 that's really you're seeing shovels in the ground and a lot of this being put to work. And that's going to be for so many different kinds of projects from highways to bridges to waterways to um, being on a treasurer of a water authority. We're expecting to do some major capital projects given uh, uh, water supply and what have you. I think at the same end, you're going to find that um, there's going to be a hybrid of conferences, Steve, where people are really looking for, and they start going back at conferences in 2021 at a high pace. I think that will continue, but when you have these kind of variants from COVID still lingering, you may see some hesitation saying, well, we've really been able to, to model and be able to perfect the virtual and in-person conferencing. So who wants to be in person? Great. If with uh, the hybrid of virtual, we have that as well. And I think at the other part, you're going to still have COVID lingering through 2022. I think that's becoming very evident, but I think that's going to dissipate over the course of time. What I do think is continuing is that what public officials have done throughout 2020, 21, and into 22 is amazing. Just shows that when something occurs, they step up and they address it. They address it quickly without hesitation. And I think, Steve, you're going to find that 2022 is going to be a year that will really be recognized um, as, I think, the steadfastness of public officials and what public service members do in terms of delivering to the public and what is also being delivered to the students in the uh, school districts. It's, it's one where I do think there's some very bright points for 2022. I think the economy will continue to move along, even though there'll be inflation and higher interest rates. But all of those can work in a way that can be very advantageous if you're managing them and handling correctly. But I do think the perseverance of of individuals in this American spirit will continue to come through. Every single time there's a challenge, they find a way of moving forward. And I, I think that uh, there's a really willingness that where there's been division, that there wants to be, I think, a real brought together of a country. And I think you're seeing that occurring. And uh, I think we have a lot of work ahead of us, but boy, I'll tell you, I think we're well prepared. And I think public entities are very well prepared to deal with that. And they have the cash to do it. They have the perseverance to do it. And they have the knowledge and experience to do it, Steve. So what they might not have been aware of in 2020, in 2020 they now can in 22. It was breathtaking, Joe, uh, over these past two years uh, to watch the American spirit, the innovation, the rise to the challenges of defeating an invisible enemy, if, if you will, this COVID virus attacking so much of our economy, the rebounding of the economy, the smart decisions that were made in public finance. Uh, it was breathtaking to see us pivot and work through that and plan through it. And through three plus one, now using liquidity analysis to best prepare ourselves to capture these expected interest rates, um, what uh, what mistake uh, can be avoided, uh, Joe, as we go into 2022? Any common mistakes or potential mistakes that public entities might be able to avoid regarding public funds? I think, Steve, that's a, a great question. And that is, don't make the mistake of thinking the cash can be dormant, that it doesn't have value. Don't go back as though that's what happened back a few years ago when rates were at zero and people got 
complacent in terms of, well, the cash isn't worth anything, so, so therefore it doesn't need any attention. Don't make that mistake, because if you do that, you're going to find that you're going to lose opportunity going forward, and it's going to be money that's lost. And the taxpayers are expecting accountability. With greater transparency, with greater accountability, comes that need to know you're being ahead of it. And you've been told. You've been told over the course of time, rates are coming up, there's opportunity, this is the time. And I have to tell you, Steve, what we're so thrilled with is ending 2021 out with having reached the goal of having earned over, since we started, over half a billion dollars of interest and of savings that have gone back to the public entities that we have worked with. And the entities that we work with cover as many as 20 million uh, individuals in this country. And to know that money has gone back into their communities as a result of the work that we've done proactively of helping public entities do more with less and having technology that is cutting edge that allows them to do more with less. So it's those things, knowing the technology is there, knowing that interest rates are going up, you have an asset now that has great value. Don't make the mistake of letting that not be realized and being taken advantage of. It sounds like uh, our uh, public uh, treasurers and uh, government officials uh, really uh, have done a fabulous job over the years. And they now have. Uh, they have. And now with this new technology, we could certainly take uh, our cash, our investments, our assets and maximize that for the local government taxpayers who really contribute so much to this great state and fund all these public services. Uh, a wonderful discussion here today, Joe. Let me end our conversation here with this last question. Uh, climate change is self-evident right now. We're yes. uh, in the middle of December where we have only hit freezing maybe for a day or two uh, here uh, in December. Could be a, an anomaly, or, or but we're seeing lots of t uh, the tornadoes that hit Kentucky in December. Uh, definitely uh, shifts in climate. Uh, what is the biggest challenge for in public finance in t going into 22 uh, in regards to addressing climate change? You're, I'll end with that question because I think it's relevant and I think it's important. It's very relevant, Steve. And I think that if you have modeling that allows you to do what if is so important. It's amazing to think down on Long Island, you have to start preparing for what happens if we have a hurricane. What happens in upstate New York if you have a tornado? That was never something we would have thought of before. We've had to deal with ice storms. We've had to deal with other things. But as the climate change or as elements change, to know that you've got the ability to model and have prediction of going forward, what if? Boy, that provides great, uh, a great ability to have peace of mind of saying, if I can predict the future and I can be prepared given these different elements, and it goes right back to the pathway of recovery, Steve, from uh, COVID. Who would have ever predicted COVID? And to know that there was a modeling that was allowed to show you, this is how you're going to come out of COVID and this is what the end result's going to be and how you deal with that. Having that knowledge and that power of being able to work through something that you don't know if you can put your hands around it or if you can even put the mind around what the possibilities are, I think is extremely important and is an incredible tool to have at your fingertips. So it just gives you that peace of mind of knowing we're prepared if something does happen unexpectedly.
We've been joined by Joseph Rulson of the great NISAC partner, 3 Plus 1. Thank you so much for sharing your predictions as we head into 22. Uh, I sincerely wish all of our listeners a happy new year. Joe, I wish you a happy new year. And to all the great employees of 3 Plus 1, thanks again, Joe, for joining us today. Thank you, Stephen, to everybody at NYSEC and to uh, all those that we work with and look to work with throughout uh, New York. Thank you so much and have a great New Year's. Thanks for listening to this episode of NYSEC's County Conversations podcast. Keep tuning in for more county government-focused conversations, and make sure to subscribe to stay up to date.